Hey guys, what's up? Coach Carroll, welcome to another episode of the Sales Factory. Today I got my man Mark with me. He is an insurance agent from The Farm and uh, he was in one of the groups that uh, that I'm a member of. You guys know that we work with a lot of state farm agents and um, you know he was posting about how he was completely remote and I was like, hey man, you know, that's, that's kind of interesting to me, right? Because that's what everyone's kind of going to right now. We, we, we sensed it coming in the pandemic. Luckily I've been doing zoom calls and back when it was even Cisco Webex, I'll use them back in like 2016. So I've been doing this for a while. So when the pandemic hit, it wasn't really a big change for us, but I know that it really dislodged and upset a lot of businesses. So I figured, heck, let's have Mark come on and, and give us a little insight. So uh, Mark, thanks so much for, for being on the, the Sales Factory podcast, man. Hey, love being here, coach. Appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely, man. So uh, before we dive right into the, the meats and the potatoes, as my mom would call it, let's talk about a little bit about your background. Kind of give us a little, um, you know, a little back insight to like, where are you at in your business career? Obviously, you're a state farm agent, but like, what's that look like? Where are you at? And, and what kind of made you get to this point of pulling the trigger on being fully remote? And then we'll get into a little more about what is it actually like and how'd you pull it off? Yeah, sure. Great, great. So um, I'm in my 22nd year of wow. agency. Congrats, man. Uh, yeah, right. Just turned 50 in January. So it just seems like a blink yesterday. You look good, uh, man. You look good. I yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. A lot of vitamins, a lot of vitamins. <laughs> in moderation. So um, I came into State Farm back in 1996 um, as a claim rep. Um, and just a little bit of background on how I got there. Uh, I'm a State Farm brat. So basically I have, my dad's a state farm agent. So I grew up in the company. So when people say, how long you been with the company? I'm like, well, since 1972, because I was literally just born in, born into it. Um, but growing up, you know, I had a lot of admiration for my dad and what he did, but um, I, I, I just had a different calling early on. I just thought I, w- I wanted to go into law enforcement and kind of maybe even go um, that route and have a career there. Um, yeah. Graduated from the Citadel back in 1994, same alma mater my father graduated from. So, I mean, just like following this guy's footsteps and, uh, and then got a stint um, with the police department in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina for a couple of years, uh, you know, sworn in as a 21 year old officer. Um, and then I started to realize that, uh, you know, the neighborhoods I was driving around in, I probably couldn't afford to live in at some point. So I was really kind of like um, looking for, for a change. Um, you know, I wanted to get married, have a family and, and be able to, to, to afford that. So um, the two and a half years I was with the department, I think really actually it was probably one of the, um, the best things I ever could have done. It, Cause it really, really helps me with what I do and how I approach my agency. I, I feel almost like a first responder in a way of putting out fires. And um, literally I'm usually the second person that they're going to call after they've had a fire or something's happened with car or something like that. Went from first responder to second responder. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. So, so I started my agency um, in Maryland, had never even set foot there. Um, I moved around a little bit. I was, I was working in claims in Charleston, South Carolina, and I got an opportunity to um, open up a new agency um, and just outside Annapolis, Maryland. You were a scratch agent? I wasn't, I had a, I wasn't scratched, but I was, a, I was a scratch location. So gotcha. okay. new phone number, um, they spliced together about 700 households for me, um, to, you know, basically start working, working that book. So, Just enough to keep the lights on. 
pretty much. Well, yeah, there were sometimes, yeah, sometimes we used candles, of course. You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, the nice thing about that, I always promised I would never miss payroll ever. You know, I might miss my own bills or whatever. And, and, and we've all been there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, my employees were always the most important asset to my business. So, you know, never miss payroll, even when the days were hard. So, so are you still located in Maryland now? Yeah, still, still in Edgewater, Maryland. Um, actually, this is my, um, I just moved my office for my third time. And, and that's part of why, um, you know, this, this virtual uh, situation and overhead for office space is ridiculous, right? I mean, so um, it was, I, I hit about that 15 year mark where I really just started to like not really be um, engaged, if you will, uh, in my office. Mm. And uh, I was kind of letting the, the employees, the team members kind of run me. You know, mm. we had, you know, I had written, written policies and, you know, rules, if you will. And I just wasn't holding them accountable. And they were kind of like, hey, I'm going to be late today. And I'd be like, all right. Because I just kind of hit that, you know, I was tired. You just yeah, got to get tired. I get it. I've, I've been there myself. So yes. I, and people that are listening, you know, if you're, if you're one of the new entrepreneurs that, that follow the podcast, you're probably like, what the hell is he talking about? I'm on fire right now. You will hit this point in time that, you know, somewhere between it's somewhere after your first decade and before you get to your second decade that you just kind of hit this lull, this little, I don't want to call it a slump, but it's just like, it's almost like burnout. You're just kind of like, you just, you're going through the motions. Am I, am I right on that mark? Exactly right. Yeah. I mean, you call it a slump, a burnout. Um, just yeah, sometimes you even question why you're even doing what you're doing. It's just I, I called it I called it I was like in the mouse wheel. Hey, I gotta go to the mouse wheel today. And, you know, jump back in that mouse wheel every day because it's you know, the situations are the same, but the names just change of who's in the situation. So um so I went out and I started um I got an opportunity to coach um um one of the high school teams as an assistant coach here at the varsity level. I played, I played high school ball up in New Jersey and uh, played my first year um, at the Citadel as a walk-on. Um, so I had a lot of baseball experience and just loved the sport. So I got on with them and uh, first two years on, on the, uh, on the staff, we won back-to-back -back state championships, um, which has only been done three times in the state of Maryland. Um, so we had, I mean, a great, experience like coaching kids and then I moved on to coaching um, my daughter's swim team in high school and their coach quit about two weeks before um, the season and they couldn't find a coach but I was already qualified like as far as certified I had no I, I didn't know anything about swimming my daughter's like hey dad look I'll go ahead and write all this write all the um, practices and everything and you can work the you know the lineup and bring the music and give all your rah-rah speeches and my first my first season coaching um, girls and um, boys high school um, swimming we went like 37 and up wow <laughs> so right crazy right so I kind of ran this team like moneyball it's all about times and stuff and that's kind of how I kind of put my my lineups together but um, I started, I started like really reflecting on like, how can I have, how can I be so successful having championship high school teams and I can't have a championship agency? Mm. Like, what am I missing here? Yeah. So, yeah, that's when I like, I, I, you know, I can tell you kind of like how the wake up call went, but that's, that's kind of what I started thinking. I'm driving home. I'm like, yeah, hey, we're winning. We're winning. I'm like, why isn't my team winning? Like what's going on? Mm. So, so what was it? What did you find out? What did you find out? What was the reason behind that? Well, 
uh, I didn't want to admit it, but it turned out it was me. I was the problem. The book right? always stops with the entrepreneur. Yeah. Doesn't it? So I, I forget exactly what the date was that it happened, but I was, I was home on a weekend. I don't know if it was snowing or it was just bad weather out and I was stuck at home and I couldn't get out and do like some of the things I like to do. And I've told this, I've told the story to some, um, so a lot of people, um, in, in my, um, colleagues and, you know, at the farm and such, um, I watched like 13 or 14 straight episodes of bar rescue. Okay. <laughs> well, John Taffer, little John Taffer. And I started to realize like, I, I was like, what if he was like observing my office and then came in to intervene, like, what would he see? Like, but I realized the problem wasn't the employees. It was me I, as the leader. I was not leading the, to the potential that I knew I had. I just kind of, like I said, hit that, hit that plateau. Mm. Um, and the, so then I was like, you know what? I need to make a change. Um, and then about a week after that, I went to one of those back, you know, when we were actually having meetings, I went to one of those state, you know, those farm, state farm pep rallies. It was great. A lot of motivation. Um, one of the guest speakers um, spoke about totally correlated running running your team like like a sports team. Like you're the manager of this team, and like the core, all that started to like click for him. So I'm like, all right, well, how am I going to do this? And is the team that's with me even capable mm. of changing the way they've been acting? to go down this path. Now, I'll tell you, Mark, if, <laughs> if the people that are listening right now, if they've never had to have that epiphany yet, when that comes, like, you know, I went through this a couple of years ago, like when we reinstituted our core values and our mission statement and like kind of rewrote what company culture was going to be in our business. It's tough, man, because that's when you got to kind of take a hard look at your team and say, those couple over there are the weak links or those couple right there, they're not going to fit. It's, they're not going to go along on this journey with us. And I got, and I'm not trying to ruin the story, but I got a feeling no, that's where we're headed no, to, man, because that is the, that is the, um, that's a tough spot for a leader in a business when you have to make those tough calls. But unfortunately uh, everybody wants to see the good side of entrepreneurship. And I talk about that a lot on this podcast. It's like, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. You know, there's, there's the, the bad side of it that comes along the, the responsibilities is probably the best way to put it that you have to uphold and take on to, to grow that team to that next level. So talk to us a little bit about that. Like once you had that aha moment of like, yeah, was, uh, um, you, had, you had to take inventory of your team basically, right? Yeah. Basically on the drive back to my office, I just, you know, was really just trying to think, you know, are they going to be able to do it? And the conclusion I came to was there's no way the three people that are on my team right now are ever going to like do it. And even if I try, I know it's going to be a waste of time and money. Like, so why would I keep throwing money at this thing, knowing that they're not going to be part of this? So, yeah. you know, it's almost, it's almost like taking all your high paid free agents on your baseball team and getting rid of them and kind of like, yeah, kind of like a money ball thing. Like just go into like, you know, like cut the cuts, cut the, um, the high paid people. Let's find a whole new team. And like now, you know, you know, 18, this is about 18 years now, you know, that 15 year mark, you know, 15th or 18 years. And then this is the 18th year. I'm like, all right, I got 18 years of experience doing this now. I don't think I would have done this in the first two or three years, but um, I basically, I, 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 I kind of jokingly say, I, I kind of just fired everybody when I got back to the office immediately and said, Hey, you're all gone. But it was over three days, basically. <laughs> it was pretty immediate. 
Um, one yeah. decided that she didn't want to be there anymore. One said that she was taking the job with another um, um, commercial um, broker. And, and the one I said, well, everyone's going, so I'm, I'm just going to let you go too. So basically all within three days, I had no employees. Period. House. Wow, totally. man. Wow. And then I, and <laughs> did, you, did you have like this, uh, did you have this, like this moment of clarity? Like once, I mean, obviously it's like, oh my gosh, I just fired everybody. But like, I just know from my experience, like there was like this moment of clarity for me. Did you have that as well? Like where you kind of could take that deep breath and all the, it almost was like all the pressures off. Right. Yeah, it absolutely was. I mean, you know, you go, oh my God, I just can't believe I fired everybody. And then within 30 minutes, you're like, all right, this is good. I can breathe. I can, I can totally now, breathe. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, wow, I'm, man. I'm in that charge is, of the whole ship. That's, I mean, that's some powerful stuff, dude, that you had to make that decision um, to, to make that tough call. But I, I have a quote that I say all the time is like, in, in order to clean out your closet, your room has to get dirty. And like, you know, if you're going to clean your closet out, you got to pull everything out and your room's going to get messy in the short term. Uh, and that's pretty amazing. I want to take a quick second. Uh, let's take a break and hear from one of our sponsors. And then we'll be right back with Mark and we'll figure out how he turned this thing around and rebuilt his team. Don't go anywhere. Uh, here's a quick note from one of our sponsors. Hey, quick little interruption in the middle of the podcast here. Just wanted to remind you, if you haven't got your copy of Phenomenal Phone Calls, you can get it. At phenomenalphonecalls.com, you can get it with the link from coachcarol.com, or it's available on Amazon and Audible. Uh, but phenomenalphonecalls.com, you can also get the audio version over there. So just wanted to put that in your ear. If you haven't got the free book, it's free. You just pay shipping and handling. Uh, go to phenomenalphonecalls.com, get that book so that you can get your team on the phones, you can get on the phones. Cold calling is the highest ROI form of marketing or advertising you can do. You literally can call straight to the decision maker, get a decision, yes or no. That way you're not wasting a ton of advertising dollars, wasting a ton of time prospecting. It is one of the best. It's still the top three biggest projects we've ever done. It, my power washing window cleaning company has come from cold calling. A lot of our clients in the ad tech world have come from cold calling. I love it. It's why I wrote the book. Go check it out, phenomenalphonecalls.com. Back to the podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Coach Carol. Welcome back. Uh, if you guys are just now tuning in, Mark was telling us how he's went through this journey over like 15 to 18 years of being an entrepreneur and a state farm agent. And he had just got, he just shared with us that he had come to this like apex point where he fired his entire team. Um, you know, the kind of the, the, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this, but he did it anyway. Uh, you know, oftentimes leaders have to make those tough decisions and also probably aren't very popular with your team, especially when you're firing everybody. Uh, but, you know, Mark had gotten through that. And so Mark, now like, now you're sitting here in the office you know, you maybe are having you, you know, I'm a, I'm a Kentucky guy, so I'd be having me a bourbon, right? It's like, so, so we're, 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 we're sitting here with you and we're thinking like, okay, now what's your next move? What happens after, you know, you realize, okay, we have cleared out the closet. Now it's time to rebuild the organization. What'd you do first? Uh, well, first thing I did was try and figure out what avenue of recruitment I wanted to go through. Mm -hmm. um, and at that time, um, a lot of people were just, um, you know, I, I used Indeed, all right? Indeed was, I, I've used a couple of the other ones before, but I asked some of the uh, people in certain age groups, if you will, that 18 to 35-year-old group, just, you know, and randomly speaking to people, like, hey, if you were looking for a job, what avenue would you be seeking? 
Yeah. And most of them were telling me, yeah, we use Indeed or I use Indeed. Yeah. Indeed's a great company, man. We've yeah. used them for recruiting as well. It's like, I'll give it a shot, you know? So um, the one thing I did um, in my job listing, and I've told some other agents to do this, I think a lot of agents um, miss some really quality, quote unquote, salespeople by advertising, I want a salesperson. Right. Interesting. So, Elaborate on that for us. All right. So a lot of good salespeople don't even know they're going to, they're good at it or they are even selling to begin with. Right. So um, I, I started to advertise. If I'm going to advertise for a job, I just call a customer service rep. Right. Because think about when you go into a lot of different businesses and you're dealing with um, people at Target or like just name a place, Home Depot. You know, those yeah. people are working with you and they're selling you something in that store. Yeah. And it could even just be a smile that you're yeah. going to come back or an, or an experience that when you bought something or, or the cashier just, you know, looked in your eyes and talked to you and yada, yada, yada was like, you know, just so helpful or even in your food and beverage industry where, hey, would you, like, would you like to try one of our appetizers? You would like fries with that. You know, like they're upselling and cross-selling. So, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's obvious. Like, so, but I think when people see the word sales position, they freak out and they don't need to just pass it over. Yeah. That's so interesting. Let, I like that. Yeah. yeah, I'll let them know it's sales later. <laughs> right. You know, well, I you know it's always you, you, the interview. You want to hire good people, right? You hire the good person and then you teach them the skill that you need them to perform on. Uh, you know, that's, and that's, I think that's where you're alluding to is like, if you can find a good customer service based person and let's face it, whether you're selling insurance, you're selling advertising, like Carol Media does, like any of that, it really is a customer service business that just so happens to sell X, right? Whatever that may be. So exactly. I think that's, I think that's a very good insight. If you guys are listening right now, write that down that maybe your sales team doesn't need to be recruited to be salespeople. Uh, you know, they could be customer service people that you help sell. Now, the only, the only caveat, the only rub I would do there is like, obviously, if you're looking for people to make, you know, a hundred cold calls a day, you want to be a little upfront about that. If customer service person's maybe not going to be that happy if they come in on that or would it, what have you had experience on that? Well, well, here's the thing. I think um, you have to sell yourself and your agency and a vision for them in the interview. So mm. why cut them out before they even get in the door where you can like sell your enthusiasm and your excitement for, for what's going on? I mean, think about like where I am. I just fired everybody. I start having interviews and there's no employees in the office. It's just me. <laughs> so, so, you're, so yeah, welcome for the interview. Uh, you're probably wondering why there's nobody here. <laughs> So let me tell you my story. And I literally told them exactly what I told you a few minutes back about like, hey, this is my, this is where I am. And this is what I was doing. And um, I'm basically, you know, cleaning this whole thing out and starting over. And wow. I'm looking for people that want to be part of a rebuilding of an amazing agency, right? That can take it from wow. where we are to go somewhere else that are going to come in here with, maybe you don't have any experience in the industry, but what you're going to get is you're going to get leadership and coaching. And I'm basically going to start from scratch and give you like insurance and state farm 101 in a classroom setting in my office until you are rocking and rolling. So do you want to be a part of this or not? And if you think you might, all right, let's continue this conversation. Very cool. 
So how did you, how'd you go from that? Like, were those people, did you hire those people into the remote position or were those, were those still in office people? Yeah, this was all in office because it's okay. pre COVID. Um, okay. This is so, like, it's 20, so let's yeah, fast it's like forward. Then, it's like 2018. Yeah. 2018. Fast forward. So, so okay. then let's fast forward. What, where, where was the switch? Cause like, obviously you, you got the team, you got the people in that obviously bought into you that, okay, I want to be in the rebuilding phase. You're building your team out. What, what was the thing where you're like, all right, we're going 100% remote. Let's fast forward to that point. Cause that's where I'm really interested to hear about. Well, we had to kind of go, we kind of like went 100% remote the minute um, I'm in Maryland and governor basically said, all right, everybody go home. Yeah. Um, then there was like, all right, they considered insurance agencies, essential employees. Um, but I also tapped into the emotions of my team and they were like, you know, we're like, we all were like, you know, scared <laughs> of this thing in the beginning without any knowledge of what was going on. So I felt the safest place for them to be where was home. So mm. even though we were essential, I sent them all home and I stayed, I was the one who went in. I went in every day. Um, so that I was able to be there at the office if anybody came in and which not a lot of people did because of right. the situation. Um, and then I think um, it was about June when things kind of like, well, we came back and then for about a month then it was kind of weird. It got spiked again and then everyone freaks out again. And then I was like, all right, everybody go home. And that was like June of like 2019-ish, something like that. And that was it. That was like, all right, everyone's home. And then I started to see something. Production was going up and up and up and up. While, while you guys were working from home, your production started yeah. increasing? Absolutely. It was amazing. Wow. And, I, and I mean, like, amazing. Like, our numbers were, uh, I was in probably in the bottom, it's probably around the 50% um, of the you know the agents in my in my my area if you will you know it wasn't okay. the top 10 like i was early on and then slowly something started to happen i started seeing us go from like you know 25th out of 50 to like you know 14th 15th 10th 6th you know and then we're like in the top 10 agencies in our in our in our area our territory wow i'm like this is pretty awesome right? <laughs> You know, we got to say the numbers don't lie. It's what I love about numbers. You know, it's like no, they, they tell it for what it is. They definitely so, don't lie. So this just was kind of one of the, I mean, you know, uh, I talk about this a lot too in, in all of my, my YouTube videos on the podcast. It's like, if you're an entrepreneur, like your job is to keep an eye on the ball. Like that's, and I mean, you can appreciate that being uh, with a baseball background, right? Like nine times out of 10, if somebody swings and misses on a pitch, it's because they took their eye off the ball. Like if you watch that ball all the way in and make contact, you're on base. And so for you, you were watching your numbers and you're like, okay, this thing is working. Let's talk a little bit about the team. I mean, obviously if you felt them and they're like, Hey, we're cool from working from home. Um, how here's the one thing that like, I mean, we're still in office here, but like, company culture how did yeah, you hold sure. that together did you guys get together to have team events was it zoom calls every morning what can you tell us a little bit about what yeah. you did to protect that company culture so that people yeah, didn't feel great. alienated or siloed yeah it's a great question i get that a lot like how can i trust my people to do what they're doing i can't see them etc cetera, etc cetera. well you know so you got to take a little bit of a leap there for one um it really i, I think really that 
that glue is is what kind of what kind of leader are you as an agent like because because it really stems from that like mm. if you're not a um a leader that they want to follow when you're not around <laughs> that's stinging on some re- people's ears right now mark yeah, it's stinging on some really people's evaluate. ears <laughs> You got to evaluate yourself first before you even maybe go down this road because, you know, some people are like, they do what you want them to do because you're in the same room with them. Mm. Right. But, you know, when you're gone, who knows what they're doing. Right. I mean, what are they doing when you're gone, when you're on vacation or you're out golfing or you're, you know, got a family event or you decide you don't want to go to work that day. What's your team doing then? What's the difference if they're in, but you're remote and you're home. Mm. Right. So uh, for me, the culture that I had rebuilt at that point was one of just um, respect. I had to respect my team, Ooh. right? So they were doing things for me, not because of um, – there was like, hey, you need to do this and you need to do that. It was like, hey, if, if, if Mark's asking us to do something, we're doing it for him just clearly out of respect for him because he respects us, right? Yeah. It was a two-way deal, right? I, I like you know, that. I respected them. I take care of my team. Um, I'm not one of those. It's like, you know, you have I, in the manual, you have X amount of sick days and stuff like that, but stuff comes up and I'm like, you know, like I told, like I told them, I'll never say no, but I don't want you to take advantage of me. Like my yeah. old system, I was being right. taken advantage. So how do we do it? Well, we use, we use what technology we had. We, we were a group Skype. We were in a group Skype all day long. All and day. literally, if you're if you are getting up from your desk to go take a quick, you know, bathroom break, or you need to let the dog out, or you're getting up from your desk to walk around your house for thirty seconds, you're gonna let us know that, right? See, because I've I've heard that I've seen that a couple of times that like I the you know because I've done a lot of research on this and that's that's why I was excited to have you on uh, the podcast to discuss this because I've seen that a couple of times where it's like, you know, everybody logs into a zoom room or a group Skype. And it's like, like we're working remote, but we're still in the office together. And, and that was, so that's cool that, you know, anytime I look for yeah. patterns. So like, if I see multiple people doing something and saying it works, you normally can put credit on that. So you guys had like this open Skype call where everyone was on it all day while you guys are working. Well, yeah. Yeah. We had an open Skype and, um, we would use it all day long. No different than um, if we were in the office, you know, being chatty with each other. Yeah. I mean, and we didn't keep it necessarily like completely business related too. We would like just talk like we were in the office, of course, being as, you know, being appropriate. Like, yeah. but you know, oh my God, my dog just threw up. Oh no, what's wrong with your dog? Like, you know, just like stuff like that, just to keep us in touch with each other's, you know, lives, Wow. you know? Uh, and that really was cool. that was super important um for us um now do you, you know, are you guys well, still doing it do you, is it yeah is we it still, still do it yeah i mean a lot of agents are, are like how do you keep them accountable like how do you keep your people accountable um well it's it's fairly simple i mean like you said the numbers don't lie right right numbers don't lie and fortunately our um our, you know our sales software has gotten so good that literally you can track you can track everything. You can see yeah. the incoming phone calls, the outcoming phone calls, how many minutes they're spending on the phone, you know, to, to, to the minute. And then you can yeah. look at, you know, how many people are they talking to? How many calls do they get going? How many like opportunities for sales do they have in their, in their hopper? Like mm. you can literally be like an air traffic controller and just oversight this thing. Like you're a drone. Like you can watch your entire thing from your screen. 
Yeah. Which is phenomenal. Wow. You know, but but it starts at the top. You got to be a, you got to be the right leader to switch over to this type of model. Yeah. So then what about like um, when, when they're working from home, they just like, is, if they need to be in a zoom call, how can it be in the zoom and the Skype at the same time? Or do they just bounce out and say, hey, I got a zoom call, I got to hop in, or do you guys not do that? How's, how's yeah, that? Yeah. Well, so we, we, we don't, we don't use zoom um, okay. at farm. So um, we've got some really cool stuff. It's like all, you know, of course, most of us in our industry, it's just regulation and oversight. Right. So, yeah, so, so the software we use for virtual appointments is pretty much through, um, through our software. So it could okay. be you know, tracked and everything could be in compliance. Yeah. Um, but, you know, honestly, a lot of we've, we've offered virtual one-on-ones with clients. They just, they're like cool with just talking to you over the phone. Yeah. You know, it's you available. Know, I think I've sensed a lot of that too, is that like everyone, you know, again, I'd been doing Zoom calls or Cisco WebExes since like 2016. So like, it wasn't anything new to me. Like, you know, that's how I do business all across the US. But it was like, you know, 2020 hit and like the whole world, I think there was two things that came out of the pandemic, right? Uh, Everyone knows how to do a video call now. And everyone knows what a QR code is. (laughs) And, you know, and it was like the, the QR codes and the Zoom calls. But now on the backside of it, people are like, yeah, can we just do a phone call? You know, beforehand it was like, you know, you want to be in, oh, let's do the Zoom call and be face to face. Now it's like, can we just talk on the phone? So I totally get that. They, a lot of your clients are just like, hey man, just call me and we'll do business over the phone. That's exactly let's, right. They let's just, face it. That's, what, that's all we did. That's, yeah. all, that's all we did prior to 2015 or 2013, you know, when everybody started video conferencing. I mean, there was business done for decades over the phone. So Well, and, uh, it's, gener- and it's generational. And, here, and here's, here's, here's something mm. that's really important. Um, I was reading an article in Forbes uh, magazine um, a few days back, and they they basically said that this is the large like this is the the pandemic has been the largest societal change since World War II. I believe right. That. Think of what we were what what our you know grandfathers and great grandparents were doing, depending how old you are during the war that you know all the men went over and fought, everybody else stayed home, was running everything, and then the war ended. And then like society had completely changed by that point. It wasn't the same. So right. now, now we're in a situation where the norm is technology. And, and, and I'll even tell you about what my, where I think we're going to be in the next 10 years, which could okay. actually like scared a lot of people when I said it in the meeting once. But, um, you know, the generation that doesn't like remote are, you know, my parents' age, you know, that 70 and older crowd right? Even 65 and older, I'd say they still want to bring in a check and they still want to like, you know, hand you something. They're afraid of like technology. Um, but they're eventually not going to be around anymore to, and then you're going to be dealing with a generations like ourselves that are like mixed. Like we remember typewriters, but we're like pretty good on iPhones now and like mobile banking and whatever else. Um, but eventually it's going to be a generation of people that have no idea how to even talk to someone in person. Yeah, man. So, so where so are you going to be in the I, next 15 or 20 years? I see it too. I mean, you're not off, off base there, Mark, because, you know, I do a lot of speaking at high schools and like just, you know, there's still the, the three, four kids you can tell that are like just very charismatic and outspoken, don't know a stranger. But by and large, which is a Ray Dalio term, if you guys haven't read Principles, highly recommend that book. Um, he, he always says he makes decisions by and large, right? So the group 
by and large, they are less and less social um, because they spend the majority of their day on this thing right here. Um, and it's the communication. And I agree with you, man. Um, you know, I, I think the the ability to communicate is going to become less widely uh, used and it's going to then up your value. So if you're listening to this, if you're one of my younger listeners, cause I got guys, Mark, I got kids that listen to this thing that are 16, 17, 18 years old that are starting That's their first awesome. lawn care business. And, you know, they'll write to me about things. And like, I try to tell them if you're, if you're just now getting started in business, build that skill of being able to talk to people face to face or, you know, over the phone, that verbal communication, because I'm, I'm with you, Mark. I think in another 10 or 15 years, our society is going to look completely different. My dad's 65 years old. And you've got to realize, like, he went from having an outhouse to an iPhone in his lifetime, right? So, like, imagine what our life cycle is good. Like, you know, I had, a, I had a cell phone when I was 13. Like, I'm there to now, like, I can only imagine, you know, we've, I've talked a little bit on this podcast about like metaverse and things, and I've played around with a little VR stuff. I really think augmented reality will take the bait because the, the challenge just in the little bit of time that I've messed with my Oculus, when you go VR, you're completely emerge, uh, immersive reality in there and, and you're disconnected from the outside world. And so that can hurt relationships. I think that the next level of it is, is AR where I can be here, but then I also can see stuff, you know, that is in the online world, but there's no doubt, man, there's an online and offline world. I talk about it all the time. Yeah, you, I mean, I, I think you've done such a great job, man. So are the numbers still holding strong? You guys are yeah, still doing well? Yeah, numbers are great. I mean, literally in the last two years, my income's gone up. Um, this year is up 33% from the previous year. And it was up it was up 40% the year before from that of previous year. So, Jeez, man. Kudos but, to yeah, you. Well, man. yeah. I mean, people are, I mean, your employees are happy. I mean, employees are happy. Right. So, um, most, uh, there's been certain, I mean, you can do, you can just Google and read articles about remote work and like, what are people, what are the employees saying? Most of them feel that they're productive or even more productive working from home because who wants to leave an office at three, four five o'clock in the afternoon, jump on a car, have to drive all the way back then to try and get to a kid's soccer practice or whatever, and then, or dinner or have other engagements. Why wouldn't it be great at, you know, five o'clock, you turn the computer off and you're literally in your house, you're ready to go. Yeah. Like yeah. that's where we're going to be. I mean, and, and it doesn't mean that your office has to be completely remote with all remote workers. Um, you can do a hybrid, you know, yeah. you can, you can, here's, a, here's the important part. This is, this is really important. So um, I just had, a, my office was about 1500 square feet. I had just done a nice remodel on it all by myself, my own, um, my own labor floors, paint, everything was beautiful. I mean, it literally looked like it was a recording studio, not an insurance agent. It was great. And then, then nobody was coming into it. So I'd make this decision. I'm, I'm paying $3,500 a month for rent and nobody's coming in. And every time I had to write that rent check out, I really just, I just wanted to like get sick, right? It was just <laughs> sickening. So through the power of prayer and some other things and reaching out to my landlord, and my landlord was uh, making some moves of his own on that particular property, um, came out where like I was able to get out of, get out of my lease. So I moved into a um, like a pod shared kind of building where they rent out by a secured off. Like I have a secured office. Everything's fine. It meets all the requirements that you need to have your, your agency in. And I went from thirty five hundred a month in rent to six hundred dollars a month in rent. Yeah. I mean, it comes like thirty five thousand like- a year in savings. Yeah. Is that one of those, like, um, not necessarily, I don't know if you would call it co-working space, but then like, if you need a conference room, they'll like rent it by the hour and things like that. 
I play for, I pay for one private office. I got my nice desk in there. That's one thing that I salvaged <laughs> with the move. <laughs> um, and you know, I, I can go into my thoughts on how to train and people are going to ask, how do you train new people? Like I, you know, I've got a ton of ideas on that and maybe we have a follow-up on that, you know? Yeah, man. Um, this is good stuff, but uh, yeah, I have, I have a shared, I, I have a conference room where I can put 15 people around like a big executive board, or I have a small one where I can have four people around a round table. Um, I've got a nice reception area. And then the place I got is awesome. You open up the back um, slider and they have a um, putting green on the roof. I mean, That's, okay. I'm sold. Awesome. <laughs> I'm sold, <laughs> man. <laughs> no, Mark, that was cool, man. I know we got to be wrapping up. I know you're a busy guy. Um, I appreciate you spending time with me and my audience um, here in the sales factory. I think this really kind of Get, give gives me a, a good insight on somebody else that's kind of done this, even though I'm not an insurance agent. I think if you're listening to this right now or you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, one of the other platforms, you know, Mark has given you guys a lot of actionable things to think about. Um, you know, the numbers don't lie is the big one, right? You can track it um, to see if it works. The other thing is, is that he didn't abandon company culture where I think this really doesn't work or when the companies are like, okay, everybody's going remote. You move 1500 people out of a single office and that were, that was in a call center environment. And now they're all just at home and they don't talk to anybody. They don't see anybody. Cause you know, my brother um, is, is a single guy younger and he's a mortgage banker and they, with COVID they shut down, right. He had to go home. Well, now the guy's in complete isolation with his dog for, you know, nine hours a day, every single day. And uh, you know, they don't, they don't do group calls. They don't do anything. It's just emails and that's it. Um, and so, you know, I think there's definitely, you have to balance, there's a balancing act here. You can't sacrifice company culture, but I think if you do it right, like Mark, I think you've done, um, obviously the proof's in the pudding up double digits back to back years, man, there, that's nothing to shake a stick at. If people want to, if people want to follow up with you, Mark, and, and, and learn a little bit more about this or reach out to you, how can they find you? Are you, are you online on, on the social platforms? Yeah. Yeah. They can um, always uh, reach me through. I mean, they can send me a Facebook message. It's just under Mark Corella, or they can reach out to me on um, an email. It's uh, Mark at Mark Corella.com. Cool. Um, or through our, you know, the business Facebook page, they could shoot, you know, shoot me a note there. I'd be more than happy to, uh, to um, respond. Very cool, man. Well, Mark Corella, ladies and gentlemen, Mark, thanks for coming to the Sales Factory, man. We appreciate you having me on. We'll definitely have to do a follow-up on this because the training, I think, would be a good session just in itself. Absolutely. Um, so thanks, for much, thanks so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate having you. Coach, appreciate being here. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you give it a thumbs up, like it, share it. You know the drill. Make sure you're subscribed. And if you could write us a review on the big platforms, you know, Apple, iTunes, uh, the Google Play Store, places like that. If you can leave us a review, it helps us get in front of more people so we can help more people. As always, here's to your success. Hustle, it's worth it.